can't believe that you haven't seen it love it so much you really gotta stream it let me tell you every line right now i can quote the whole thing since i was 12. maybe your mom told you no she said she Hey, 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 and welcome to another episode of Movies We Missed. I am your host, Brandon Greenhouse, alongside my lovely co-host, Jane Nikki Hammer, and we are getting into part two of our extravaganza 100th episode, Movies We Love. As we mentioned in our last episode, which if you didn't peek, you can go ahead and listen to that either now or later. Um, but we are doing a, you know, a celebration. It is our hundredth. We've reached the milestone, our hundredth episode. We did a part one. We decided to, you know, we wanted to do something different for our fans. So we decided to do like movies we love. We normally do movies we missed, movies that one of us hasn't seen or one of us hasn't seen in a very long time. Uh, but this time we picked two movies. Jane and I each picked one that we love and that we've both seen multiple times. Last week, I did my pick in our part one of our 100th celebration. It was The Bodyguard. Go check it out. And this week, Jane picked the movie and uh, you know what it is. Um, <laughs> I certainly do know what it is. I hope you know what it is too, because we're about to talk about it. But yeah, 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 I know. I know what it is. I, I think I know what it is. I watched something. Uh, okay, good. So, I'm glad. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah. And I think we've got plenty to talk about. Um, we do. We got something to talk about another episode we did if you want to listen to it it a couple months ago (laughs) um yeah do you want to go ahead and and, uh give the girlies the name of the movie i do um i'll give them a couple hints and like i think we did this for the bodyguard too so this movie right this movie (laughs) is starring a late 90s early 2000s uh teen drama Team team comedy drama. I think we can say icon. Can we say icon? I think we can say that. I think we can say icon. We've gave it. There were enough qualifiers before it <laughs> that, that, like, yeah, because we made the niche in that category in this genre, baby. <laughs> in this genre. Uh huh. Uh huh. And she grew up before her eyes, and it, the male lead is also an actor. <laughs> I think grew up before her eyes is like it's a. <laughs> That's, that's gilding the lily a bit. I know. Well, but, she, but I'll I, allow it. Okay. I feel like she did a couple things before this and a couple things after this to me. That is great. Not us, not us literally taking away the icon title by just describing what it actually was. I like how we started icon and we're like, she she grew up with our, no, she really grew up with our eyes. She did uh, she only did one movie and this is it. Not too much of icon is a no, cultural talking we, point in certain circles. As another hint, we have done one of her movies on the podcast already. Absolutely we did it. You bet we did. <laughs> The other female lead is an actual current day icon, I believe, and this was her first big movie, and she is a household name at this point. The male lead is another actor. (laughs) So, (laughs) who? He's in things. He's in things, but he's, he's not. He's in stuff. He is. He's he not is in stuff. As, he's in stuff. And we like him. We have yes, no problem with him. We do. We think, we think he always gives a solid performance. I yep. do think he's a good actor. Yeah, I do um, too. 
and he is about 10 years older than um the female lead in this absolutely, movie absolutely baby yeah and i'm just gonna give it to him i think i've given enough um does this song hold on does this song ring any bells for anybody out there okay Live your dreams. Gotta work to get the cream mm. on your your muslin. Did Is you guys get it? You? Let's give him let's give him three seconds. Okay, if you haven't screamed it out by now, the movie we're doing is 2001's Save the Last Dance. Save it. <laughs> and we have just, we saved it we recovered it we recovered, we recovered the last it we, we pulled it up from its cringy past and we can tell you that it that what we found was that when we recovered it is that it is officially old enough to order a drink at a bar Ooh. it is 22 years old baby um, wow. that's where we found the dance we that's mm-hmm. all the years the ocean of time that has existed between when we took our teenage asses to the theater to watch it <laughs> And now, and, and between the time where I thought this was the greatest, most romantic movie of all time, Jane, if we had a teen, Jane, if we had like a teen pregnancy, like we would mm-hmm. have whole ass kids right now. Oh, like, we'd have kids who graduated college. Yeah, and it wouldn't even be people. It wouldn't even be like, oh my god, like no, like age wise, like you know, like when you're like, I'm old. That person's old enough to. You're old enough to be my kid. It's like now right. it's just true, and it's like you're old enough to be my kid, and there not be like a really crazy story that has to accompany the fact that you exist. Like, I mean, certainly we would have started very young. Yeah, very young, very young, very young, very young. <laughs> certainly, it wouldn't have been, I think, either of our family's choices for us to have a kid at that age. Actually, no, I'm wrong. It still would be kind of wild. Um, yeah, it'd be, I a think little it would bit. be kind of wild. Not kind of wild. Was... No judgment. If anybody out there had to had no, a kid no, very young in life, no but you judgment. yourself every, probably know. Every, like, I mean, it came every with journey is different. Every yeah. journey is different. It, I, I just meant now we that I, I thought I about it. I would have been in. We both would have been in high school. We would have been in. I'm not me. No, I would have been in junior <gasps> high school. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I it would have been a bit. It would have been like it happens for sure, but it would have been like a thing. Yeah. It would have. It would have been something to talk about for the community. Let me just say that. But still, we're we're that old. We're, we we are old enough. We're and, uh, that old, and 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 so is this movie. <laughs> Absolutely, I'm gonna give you some quick stats on it. It was released okay. on January the 9th, two thousand and one, mm. okay. made on a paltry budget of thirteen million dollars, which is basically mm. that's my that's my landscape budget for Absolutely. Uh, oh. for one of my properties. So like mm-hmm. that gives you an idea for the, of what we're talking for the about. for the front yard. That's just oh baby the back <laughs> the back the back. <laughs> No, 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 baby. That's a whole other budget. That's a whole other budget. Those are different people. Okay. Uh, I use Martha's. Uh, I use Martha's guy for my back. Um, I bet you do. Stuart. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it was made on a box. It made at the box office one hundred and thirty-one point seven million dollars. <gasps> See, it's a hit, folks. <laughs> it's a hit not only for us when we were teenagers, but also for everybody else. You know. I mean, a big one for MTV, baby. MTV mm-hmm. Productions. Don't act like you missed it at the beginning. They were. They had. Their, I, their, I saw the that spaceman. Mm-hmm. They were like, uh, uh, uh. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so Jane, there was a rumor that maybe you had a synopsis or you sort of broken down the movie. I have, yeah, yeah. I've I've written down just some some information about what takes place in the movie so that we this can. This isn't another one of started. your awful haikus, is it? This is like an actual. No, this isn't a seven five seven situation. This is there's a, a few more a few more words in this. 
Why did you laugh and roll your eyes at me when I said 757? Because I felt like you wanted everybody to know that you knew, like, what, like, <laughs> what a haiku was. And I'm here for it. I'm no, here for it. A f- no, that wasn't a flex. That was just... Okay. <laughs> and, like, literally, that is information that every single person knows. So no, I it's not. <laughs> Wow, the privilege of it all. The erasure of the non... Not all the girlies girlies are down with the haiku. I guess like I'm being Sarah. I I guess I'm being like Sarah in the movie. (laughs) Not not recognizing my privilege. (laughs) Oh, God. Let's talk about it. Um, (laughs) Okay, let me read my synopsis and then we go. And then it's off to the races. Okay, hang on one second. I was about to mute myself. (laughs) I I would like that. Okay. 17-year-old Sarah Johnson has killed her mother. Well, not exactly, but if you ask her about it, she'll scream at you and tell you that she doesn't want to talk about it. Teenagers, am I right? So here is what really happened. Sarah, a ballerina extraordinaire, has a dance audition for the prestigious Juilliard School. Sarah wants her mother to be there to support her, but her mother is also the busiest florist of all time. And so the turnaround is going to be tight, but she promises and she hits the road to make the audition. But instead of making it on time to cheer on her talented daughter, she gets into a car accident and dies. Sarah vows to never put on her point shoes again. A guilt-ridden and grieving Sarah then shows up to live with her estranged father on the south side of Chicago. He's a jazz musician with little interest in fatherhood and even less interest in maintaining a home. It's Sarah's first day of school, and something is slightly different from her old school. Sarah soon discovers that she must now attend a school with a majority black student body. No big deal for her. She's cool and comfortable in every space, which is why she speaks up in class on day one and gets absolutely owned by fellow student Derek Reynolds. Well, no big deal. At least gorgeous, cool, single mother Chenille takes Sarah under her wing. But Sarah soon finds out that Chenille and Derek are brother and sister. (laughs) What a crazy world. How can she like one sibling and hate the other? But does she truly hate Derek, or is there a spark flying between them? That's all but confirmed when they dance together for the first time at a club called Steps. Derek likes the way Sarah moves, but definitely thinks she could use a little help, so he offers her after-school dance lessons. For why and for what, we don't know. After spending some time on these cringy dance lessons, we can finally assign a purpose for them. Sarah opens up to Derek about why she quit ballet. Derek helps her realize how stupid that is, and they decide to work together to get ready for another audition for Juilliard that takes place in a month. As things heat up romantically between Sarah and Derek, so do the tensions. Derek's ex-girlfriend, Nikki, doesn't like that Derek is dating a white girl. Chanel forces Sarah to understand her own privilege and share and Sarah feels sad about that. Derek's best friend Malachi, who's involved in some kind of illegal activity, wants Derek to join him. When Derek resists, Kai thinks because he's dating a white girl and wants to go to college and eventually medical school, 
that he's acting like he's better than him and is too good to commit felonies, even though it would literally jeopardize everything he's been working for so hard, regardless of whether Sarah's hoity-toity ass is around or not. Sarah begins to waver and thinks maybe it's too hard for these two to be together. Maybe she should just give up on everything like she always does. Will society win and keep these star-crossed lovers from staying together and making it work? Or will they find each other in the dance as they always have? Join us and find out if for Derek, Sarah shall save the last dance. Good job. Let's not <laughs> sugarcoat that, it. I made it through. That was very tough no. for me. I'm sorry. No, we did it. Um, no, I mean, yeah, the movies, there's a lot going on. Um, mm-hmm. Save the last dance, baby. Uh, so do you want to, we, we are going to go into our like it's, love it, loathe it's. Um, mm-hmm. Do you want to jump right into your like it's? I, I'm happy to, yeah. Is it, it's me, right? Is it, how do, does it? I don't, I think we've done it differently every time. Okay. I what think do you whoever prefer? feels moved to start should start. So if you're feeling moved to start, I would love for that for you. I'll start. Um, my first like that I had was sort of her like, drawn out mom narrative at the beginning which i didn't remember being as long as it was me neither Um, but all of the stuff with her mom that is really just setting us up for like the story that is going to unfold i mean it's obviously a part of the story but it's its own sort of like sub thing happening and it's like all of this like you know hullabaloo around like her big audition uh her mom you know they want to make it clear to us with very few words it's like a montage of it's like a mom it's a mom montage it's a, it's a montage of her and her mother you know in pennsylvania and like their idyllic lives they're and... not in pennsylvania they are in the suburbs of illinois oh my bad <laughs> but i feel like you read a piece of trivia which i also read is that when they first wrote the script they were That's, going to that put is it in it pennsylvania is. yeah yeah, yeah. They were gonna, but they it's were not. gonna set it in pennsylvania and then they were gonna have her like going to, to baltimore to yeah yeah yeah. Um, yeah yeah and they moved that all they moved it all to illinois to a suburb of illinois in the beginning and then to the gritty chicago inner city um for when she moves in with her dad um but yeah just that whole like just that whole mom storyline was really like something i did not remember about this movie and it's like we're really like we're really spending our time sort of giving her uh, a, a mother coming through storyline, uh, which I guess in a way is kind of uh, potentially a way that it could have ended for Christina Aguilera in the I Turn to You music video. Um, if we all remember <laughs> that music video. All Vaguely. Our... Please oh, give me a little a more moment. information. They did a, making, they did a whole making the video on MTV who produced the film. I, I, have uh, a vague, I have a vague memory of her walking through the rain. It was a little remember, bit of rain, rain work. I remember it she was, was wearing orangey eyeshadow, which I was fucking gagged over and tried to do myself, and it did not look good. It was also like a little bit of CGI. Okay. Um, there, but there was this the main storyline in the video. Christina actually wasn't a part of it. It was the storyline of this girl and her mother, and like the oh. two of them going through all this stuff together, and like the big climax of the video um, when Christina gives us the iconic high E over middle C. Mm-hmm. Um, no joke. That was actually That's in reflections. Reflection. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was joking. Um, but <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't let it go. <laughs> you couldn't. You're like, no, 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 baby. No, um, no, 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 no. I'll make a man out of you. Um, but. <laughs> It's a scene at the end of the video where, like, she's almost in a car accident, and the car, like, hydroplanes, and, like, it ends up skidding, and then, like, you know, they call her mother, and, like, it's a moment of, you know, where her mother shows up at the scene, and, like, she falls into her arms, and it's, like, all mama always there to, you know, 
to depend Yeah, on. I have a vague, vague memory of that. Yeah. Yeah, Jesus took the will um, mm-hmm. in that instance, but uh, here it went a little different. Um, yeah, not in this Dave one. assumed. They don't show us much, <laughs> but Dave assumed because what we get is this moment where, like, she's doing her big audition and they're sort of splicing that moment with her mother trying to make it to the audition because her mother promised she'd be there. And as Sarah falls to the ground and fumbles and really screws it all up for herself, mm-hmm. her mother also has her own fumble on the road, but hers ends in death. <laughs> Uh, so that's sort of the way that they like tied the two together like it's almost like sarah was like embodying like the turbulence that her mother was living through um, it's an artistic well, and that also harkens back to like the end of the movie too when she's doing her second audition at juilliard and malachi it's like spliced in with malachi going on like the shooting Ooh. spring okay we got it we had a storyteller in our hands art my bad my bad <laughs> Art. We're watching art. We're making art. The director was art. like, no, no, no. You are <laughs> not going to get just a regular movie. Not from Thomas Carter, baby. Um, who also, <laughs> you know, Thomas Carter is known for a lot of work. Worked on Bring It On. Worked on Step Up. Ooh. Um, so get into it. because Wow. Uh, uh, sounds like he really liked those sort of dance routine movies and bring it on as coach carter as well so he knows what it's like to work with samuel jackson so Mm -hmm. don't you fucking dare don't come for him wow uh but yeah amazing Uh, so that was my first like what what about you jenny my first like it point is that we're in Chicago. I love watching movies in Chicago. I, I love identifying things that I know, trains I've been on, places I've been to, streets I walk down regularly. It's just always fun to see. Doorways you've haunted, I'm sure. Doorways, no doors I've darkened, <laughs> um, you know. Jane all... likes to go to the rich neighborhood and, you know. Looking into the windows and just see how they live. And just see how they you know what? A lot of rich people have huge windows and lots of lights on. And, and they're no smug curtains. about it. Those big huge windows that look out on the street you can watch yeah. you dining with your family and your crate and barrel, you know, your your our house decor home like mm-hmm. we know how much that stuff costs how dare you? absolutely we uh, and you're in you know the middle of lincoln park you're on a busy street and yet you have your floor-to-ceiling windows and the you know your two-story condo like honey i'm gonna look exactly <laughs> okay Mom, i'm gonna Mom look scrapesing around in her and her fresh her fresh digs her new tory birch threads that she just got from the store i mean what dad else? dad upstairs on ashley madison trying to get through it we know what's going on still exist i don't know i feel like i've asked this same question on this podcast before i don't want to know should i go to the website and just see no because i don't want your wife to see it on your computer and then that's all she edits this podcast oh my god you're right (laughs) it seems like jane just asked me to bring up ashley madison now so that she could go on the website and not get in trouble um, I didn't even ask you to bring it up. I but, know, but yeah. our listeners are probably thinking, oh, she must have asked him to bring it up. So. Also, I can guarantee that what I'm looking for is not on Ashley Madison. <laughs> <laughs> You're looking for, like, a soccer mom who's, who's ready to try something a little bit different. and what, what she likes to call a walk on the wild side. Which is apparently just, like, a middle-aged lesbian living in the city. Um, 100%. <laughs> Wait, who's middle-aged? Not you. Okay. 
Did you really just imply that I was middle aged? I'm gonna burn this place to the fucking no. ground. No, no. Oh my god. Oh my god. We can't get through this if you if if you don't rescind that instantly. Because I oh would... I didn't I wasn't even talking about you. There's nothing to rescind. Okay. <laughs> Let's go to your next like it point so I can fucking live through this. I like Jane's age. That's my next um, point that I had. Um, you are aging like fine wine, girl. Thank you. Like a vintage. Um, <laughs> like a vintage. Model. I love it. No, my next one. Um, my my next one was actually okay. So I, having been like a person who auditioned a lot for things, uh, mm-hmm. I don't remember ever having like a situation where like for a college audition where a parent was allowed to be in the room. But I do love, <laughs> and I don't. I doubt that Juilliard allows parents to be in the room. Also, but I just mm-hmm. love this idea that like parents <laughs> are allowed to sit in the audience while their children audition for Juilliard. This like is not a thing. I've I don't never think you can heard do of this. this. I've never heard of this. I myself do not audition for things, but I have. You just get calls now. They just offer you the roles now. Offer only, of course. But I do have plenty of friends who are still pounding the pavement and hitting it hard. And, you know, musicians and actors who are, you know, just so talented and just are just so close to making it. And they... That makes it sound like your friends aren't winning. (laughs) Because all you just said was, I have a bunch of friends who are on the struggle train and, like, trying to make it happen. And they are just scrounging away. And I'm doing nothing for them like they i am not lending a hand I'm not... <laughs> um, and i'm looking down that hill <laughs> no, we, in we, that face. no i'm no, kidding we love it I, we love to see it we, <laughs> i i i am not a part of that world but is what i truly meant to say but i do have a lot of friends who do audition mm-hmm. musicians and actors and stuff like that and i've never heard of anybody at any point being like I took my mommy. <laughs> not even like, honestly, not even in high school. And I remember going no. to like regional auditions for colleges where there's a bunch of schools there that you're auditioning mm-hmm. for all at the same time. Like parents weren't around. And if they no. were, they were sort of like sequestered. Like, so this idea that like she can't audition until her she sees her mother seated in the audience is wild to me. Um, and it's wild to me that that was a decision made with a bunch of like artists and musicians who are making a movie. know that that's not a thing. You know to try how and, the like, world works. <laughs> to try and like hone, I guess, hone in on this sort of like dramatic like idea of like her being like, you know, her having to sort of do it on her own. I mean, I feel like in a way it's one of the first real like tests of sort of like going away. It's like, can you just like come in this room and like do something on your own for three minutes? Because mm-hmm. if you can't even do this without your mom sitting in the corner, then, like, I don't know how you're going to fare at this institution. Like, it's going to be a lot of, like, taking off the training wheels. So it's like, yeah, it just was like, that That just was something that the actor in me was like, huh, okay, it's interesting <laughs> that, like, she's really looking for her mom out here. Like, um, and that the fact that she, I mean, I guess she was right in this case. The fact that she wasn't in the room did did spell disaster. Uh, but, yeah. For both so, of them. <laughs> for both of them. Uh, so, yeah, that was mine. And, uh. What about you, Janie? What's your next? Well, I sort of alluded to this in my synopsis, but <clears throat> I it made me laugh so hard that her mother is like the busiest florist of all time. Like oh, she, yeah. it, like the shop that they showed her in, it was like, it was a big shop and there were a lot of people working there. And it was like, it seems like, I mean, I cannot imagine that there's that many floral emergencies that like you, one person, part of this like pretty large operation, couldn't like take an hour off to to drive your daughter to our I mean, audition. perhaps if they said it 
in like Palm Beach. And we know how the, we know how the gays get, um, but they're flowers. But yeah, something tells me that this rural Illinois town, you, like the world will keep spinning. Yeah, it's like in Lamont, Illinois. Also a place I haven't heard of, but I think is a suburb of Illinois or outside of Illinois. I don't fucking know. But um, what, do you, well, what do you mean outside of Illinois? What are you saying? I didn't. Uh, well, I just was saying words that didn't mean anything. I actually meant outside of Chicago. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Lamont. Shout out to all our Lamonts, Lamont, Lamontians yeah, out there. I hope we have a lot of listeners in Lamont. And I'd love for you guys. I don't think we said our socials at the top of the show, but this is a different show. So whatever. If you guys want to DM us and let us know all the cool things that are going on in Lamont, um, feel free to DM us at, you know, in, on Instagram at Movies We Miss. We'd love to hear about it. It is. I mean, it's really close to Bolingbrook, Lamont, okay. uh, Illinois. I've heard, I've heard of Bolingbrook. Yeah, it's only about 30 minutes away. It's like a little bit. Um, well, clearly. That's not really bit. close to Bolingbrook. Well, I guess like, Illinois is a big state, but Illinois it is, is a big it's state. Like, it's southwest of um, it's southwest of Chicago. So I mean, that was a really quick train ride, even though they kind of made it seem like interesting. The dad couldn't go pick her up. Um, but yeah, it's about fifty. Yeah, it's about fifty minutes away from Bolingbroke. So pretty close to Bolingbroke, like I fucking okay. Said. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I'm also thinking of Chicago standards, where I think if something is. 30 minutes away from me in Chicago. I'm like, that's not close. You're not interested, baby. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I mean, it's it's close. It's closer than they make it seem like it is. That's for sure in this movie. It seems <laughs> yeah. like worlds apart. Like, it's oh my God. Also a person who's like really into like dance. It's like the way that they sort of make it seem like in this fish out of water story, like she's wide-eyed and bushy-tailed in Chicago. And it's like, you probably, she probably would have been here all the time to 100%. go to like see the Alvin Ailey and like all of like the dance that's happening in Joffrey Ballet. Like if that's right. her bag, then like, I don't know why we're making it seem like this is all like a new world for her. Like people who live in the suburbs of Chicago are very acquainted with Chicago. So, Especially and it's, like, I know she's not like close with her dad, but her dad lives in Chicago. So you imagine like she has obviously gone in and seen her dad play. She's mentioned it before. Like I'm sure or like I just it just didn't see her unfamiliarity with like her surroundings in Chicago were a little too ridiculous and it's too easy to have just set it somewhere else is the thing like why yeah. didn't they set it in a completely different state like mm -hmm. to just make to sort of like amplify the fish the fish out of water story because it right. sort of hinges on her sort of unfamiliarity with whatever they knew who their target audience was they're like nobody gives a shit about any of these details yeah. gonna, unless we end up with unless we end up with two like gay people in their 30s with some weird <laughs> podcasts where they pick apart this ironclad script by the way then you know. you know what they didn't anticipate this being our job but you know what it is thomas Absolutely. carter we, we take it seriously mr carter mm -hmm. um not, 22 years later <laughs> also hold on not 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 thomas carter directing uh coach carter um, with Samuel Jackson. <laughs> that must have been a real, real wild, wild set uh, to I'm, be on. Um, I'm sure it was probably. Samuel Jackson's famously method, though. So it was probably everybody all day being like, where's Mr. Carter? And then Samuel Jackson was like, right here, motherfucker. And they're like, oh, no, we meant the director. And he's like, oh, I'm Coach Carter. Um, that was my Samuel Jackson. Didn't know I had one. So we all got I didn't know you had me. one either. I, I don't think I do. I think that's what we've all can agree on. I think you, I think you have, you've done something. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. I love to hear it. You sound like mm -hmm. the people that used to watch me audition. Um, <laughs> something happened. Look, something happened in this room. Something happened on this stage. 
Jury's still out on what it was. You were up there <laughs> and you said those words and nobody can say them like that. And nobody and and nobody can take that away from you because this, nobody this, can take this that away. was your moment and <laughs> it, it might be the only one to get. <laughs> I actually, I turned to my assistant director and I said, I can't believe he just made that choice. Mm. <laughs> Hands up. I didn't say it was good, I didn't say it was bad. Uh, I was shocked. Um, uh, my next like it was actually we just covered it, which was the I also said the Chicago setting. So, oh, good, um, love that. So yeah. So uh, what's your next like it, Janie? Okay, my mess. My next like it is sarcastic yeah, <laughs> because I, I ran it. out of things that I actually really liked about the Sumi, and Give so had girl. to change to sarcasm. Like that on her first day at a new school, she was so confident that she loudly proclaimed shit like speaking up in class and telling Chenille that she thought Derek was an asshole and had her bearings on nothing. And <laughs> I loved that she did that because it made me very comfortable. No, I'm being sarcastic. When you start at a new school, okay, first of all, particularly like middle school or high school, I'm sorry, but the vultures are fucking out. You have to be quiet and you have to observe for at least a week before you make a decision about what you're gonna say so like keep quiet write notes be an observer and she's so like arrogant and obnoxious like in every way <laughs> that she's just like was destroyed by Derek in class which was satisfying and then like I don't know just like walking up to Chanel and being like that guy's an asshole or Chanel I oh I is it Chanel or Ch I think it's Ch it is Chanel but okay. I know why you think it's Chanel because that yeah. makes sense yeah, it's just like um, bouncing between those two names in my head. But yeah, it was too much for me. I was like, shut up. It <laughs> was talking. it was a lot. And this actually, I'll go ahead and throw this one up because I had quite a few things it looks like in my love it. So I'll bring this mm -hmm. one up. So I, so kind of like, I, I thought this was funny too because I was, the whole like, the first of all, Dave was not surprising. He said that they read In Cold Blood when he was in high school, um, which was, which by the way, okay. So this is a, not a tie-in, but it is a tie-in. So Jane and so Jane sent me earlier today. Um, I forget what show. What show was the fruit the fruit cake lady used to appear on? You sent me on Instagram. Oh, I don't know. I don't know what show it's from. Okay. But the fruit the fruit cake lady was this woman. Her name was Marie Rudisil. And she used to make these late night uh, appearances on The Tonight Show. And it was a segment called Ask the Fruitcake Lady. Um, uh, and okay. she was really amazing. She <laughs> was Truman Capote's aunt. What? Yes. Right? Sorry. I, did, I didn't mean to scream. I had no idea. I did Me not either. know that at all. Isn't that wild? That's crazy. So wild. Um, so yeah. So I thought that that was really interesting. A um, little tie-in. But she used to always make like these appearances on late night TV um and yeah so she was very it, funny very funny yeah and she actually helped raise him so yeah it's pretty cool um but yeah just thinking about capote but yeah i we did not read in cold blood in school well, i mean we were, <laughs> someone's gonna text me a lot of shit i mean we, you we, were just school text us i i i we i, I don't know i i didn't read it but i'm sure there are people that i read it i read it when i was in but i read it when i was in um when i was in college and like when I was really in my bag and I just, you couldn't tell me shit. 
I would pull out that I would I would I was reading Capote, I was reading Baldwin, I was reading Kerouac, I was on reading the train Alan, so everyone can see it. I was reading Allen Ginsberg, I was wearing ratty corduroy blazers that I got from Goodwill. Oh my god. You could tell me, with polos and puka shell necklaces, baby. I'm I sure there like, was a couple there were a couple things I could have told you. They wouldn't have doused, been well received though. <laughs> doused in like that that candy man cologne that they put out. What was Wasn't Candy it, was Man it candy? Cologne? Was that the name of it? It came in that blue bottle. It was a mess. It was like a cologne, <laughs> and it was not good. Was it called Candy? Wasn't it? I, it was called Candies. Have... Yeah, Candies. They oh, made like oh, this, like the the brand Candies. Yeah, they made a okay, they made okay, a cologne okay. that was awful, and uh, I had it, and I <laughs> and I doused myself in that. Were you one ass. of those like? Um, late teenage boys who wore cologne instead of taking showers or did you also there take showers period. there was definitely a period where like i for sure was like that was more like junior high than high school but there Every was a period boy where i know like stopped showering at a certain point and just thought if i put on a ton of cologne this will mask it well there's also <laughs> this period i feel like as my mom put it there's like a period where like you like stop like when you're like this is these ages obviously it's all very touch and go but like mm -hmm. for a lot of times when you're like around 10 11 like mm -hmm. and you smell you kind of like you you're outside all day and you smell but you just smell like being outside like you, right. you know and mm -hmm. then there's like this period where you start to develop like adult funk and <laughs> yeah. like i feel like there's Puberty? a way it, yeah there we go if you want to get <laughs> medical with it um, that's the word you're searching for <laughs> um the bodies change and when mm -hmm, all that happens, mm -hmm. I feel like you're transitioning as well as like a kid to an adult ish mm -hmm. area, like a middle ground. And like you still want it, you're still like, I'm, the, I'm I'm a kid. Like I don't need to like what what and it's like, no, but you don't smell like a kid anymore. Like <laughs> no, you smell you funky. You smell like a whole ass. It's man. it's disrupting the family. And like <laughs> you doing the you doing that quick wipe down of the hot spots in the bathroom with that rag. <laughs> And then dousing yourself in axe, <laughs> baby. The mathe mathe. The quick still... wiped out of the hot spots. How horrifying! It is just not like that. Is not it. That is not it. And yeah, so there's that period. I remember like my mom would be like, "Go in the bathroom," and I was like 11, and I would like go in the bathroom, like turn like the turn the shower on, and just sit on top of the toilet, just sit there for like when I felt like it was an appropriate time, and then turn it off, and then like walk out. And then That's my mom was so like, funny. Take a damn shower. You still smell. I was like, no, I didn't. She's like, no, you, you smell like axe. So I still want you to take a shower because that's offensive as well. For different it's reasons. Not good. Now it's just funk and axe. Now it's just funk. And, oh, axe. I said axe. That's what I said too. Oh, I thought you said ass. No, I said axe. Funk <laughs> and axe. You still smell like ass. <laughs> I'm sure that was peppered in there too. I'm sure. Um, but yeah, so I don't know how we got here. But, oh, yeah, Truman Capote, James Baldwin. So, yeah, I was just surprised mm -hmm. in high school, and I guess some people were, because Dave said that they read Capote in high school. Like, they were, they were having a conversation yeah. about, like, they were talking about Richard Wright. They were talking about James Baldwin. They were talking about all these people. I read, I read James Texas. Baldwin in high school. Oh, see, man, y'all are just, y'all are just been put on to, to, to stuff. You read, like, Animal Farm in high school. It I mean, I read that too, but I also went to two different high schools, right? I went to private school and public school. And in private school, we read much more like those kinds of books than like okay. in public school. But we did, yeah, definitely, uh, you know, <clears throat> through the privilege of, you know, private education and all that kind of stuff, 
which is you had access to some yeah no they were too busy trying to yeah busy shoving a class called texas history down our throats and like (laughs) oh my god i found out about this i think was it through you or through i think it was through me because you were pretty shocked I could not believe you took a class called Texas history. People, and it's probably so listeners out there that maybe took had to take a class that was like, uh, that was a class that was in your state's history specifically. But a lot of people didn't. And most of the people that I've heard that I've, that I have met who also had to do this are from the South, which I think okay. is really not that interesting or shocking. Um, but yeah, but, but somehow we, but we, barely talked about slavery at all in any of these classes or the civil <laughs> oh, rights movement I'm but sure. we had time for a whole ass texas history class and discussions on johnny appleseed so <laughs> do with that what you will about my education um shit was wild uh but yeah so so that was i think that was the last uh like it and then did you want to move into the love it's janie um i have a couple of like it's left actually oh i'm so sorry i thought you said that that was your last one before my apologies oh no no no. i just uh, nothing mage but um no do your thing i just i'm trying to earlier let me just see um (laughs) one of one thing that i like is how dramatic she is when anybody asks her about not dancing anymore she turns into like a full petulant child and she's like and they're like, oh, you used to dance? She's like, I don't want to fucking talk about it. And it's like, I don't know. It kind of sounds like you do, girl. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Which, like any like any good theater girly, um, <laughs> you know that we, lo- we love to not talk about things we want to talk about. Of um, course. The scene, there's a scene where her and um, Derek are like practicing a dance, which by the way, Fatima Robinson, who choreographed the dancing in this movie, I already knew Fatima Robinson because she did a bunch of like really famous like choreography for videos. She like, was she's she, one of the most she, famous choreographers from this time period, and yes. she chore she choreographed uh, like at the height Everything. of like at the late nineties and early two thousands when like we lived off of MTV music videos. Her, it was always her choreography. Oh my she god, was she a huge, huge icon. In she was, that she was huge and she was really, really big in mm-hmm. um she was really big in the nineties and like into like the early two thousands. She choreographed like um yeah, she choreographed a bunch for Aaliyah. Um mm-hmm. she did a bunch of videos for um I think she did she did stuff for like the Black Eyed Peas. Um she even did she did stuff for mother, Megan Trainer. <laughs> Um, some stuff for Sia, uh, yeah, all over the place. And, um, famously, which I didn't, I didn't find out until this, the choreography, the chair choreography was from the Backstreet Boys, As Long As You Love Me music video. The chair choreography that Derek and Sarah do in this movie is from the As Long As You Love Me Backstreet Boys music video. I didn't, I didn't think that it was from there. I thought that it was like inspired by it. I don't think it's Oh, I thought it was the the exact same. I thought that the whole thing was that it was the same choreography, which would, I mean, make sense and she choreographed it, but. um, Yeah, I think it was inspired by, but I don't know if it was exactly the same thing. You know what we should do is watch a side by side. I'm willing I mean, to do that. I know our fans are gonna are gonna want to know what's going on. There. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what? We should we should leave this up to our uh, our researcher, um, Alice, our our biggest fan and researcher. Alice is like, leave. Me alone. Alice is like, I have two children and a full time job. Stop. She's like, please do your own research. We're like, Alice will find out. Yeah, no. It's, no, that's really else. funny, but 
<laughs> I but yeah, I know. I I may have misunderstood. I thought it was like literally the same, um, the same choreography. I mean, it could be. I I, I may have misread the information, but either way. No, I was doing like a. I was gonna do a quick search because now you got me curious. We'll look it up later. But yeah. <laughs> okay. Why are you laughing? Because I, I oh. Mm. Um, the portion of the routine where Sarah it uses was, the chair is similar to the chair routine from the Backstreet Boys, as long as you love me. So it's similar, yeah. not, not exactly the same. And I see same, here but. also, it's this, see what I'm saying, it says it, the chair, they're the same moves uh, that the Backstreet Boys use in their video, as long as you love me. I think it's, mm -hmm. and by the way, guys, I think it's literally just like, I mean, they don't do much, let's be real. <laughs> um, it's just like a couple shoulder bops and like, right. and like, you know, I, th I think that's all it is. And I think she probably was just like, as you know, Julia Stiles and uh, Sean William Scott. Sean nope, Sean Patrick, Patrick Thomas. Thomas. God, mm -hmm. I hate it. I hate that they did this. I hate <laughs> that they did this in the 90s to us because I always get this person's name what, mis their mixed parents? up. Sean William Scott and Sean Patrick Thomas's parents? Yeah, I don't care. Whoever was responsible. I hate that they both did the three name thing and they both have three like boring names that like Look, like, my name's Brandon, so I'm not so I'm not criticizing anybody with the name William name or Scott or Patrick or Thomas. So. <laughs> uh, but I'm just saying, like, it's I always get the names tied up because they dropped around the same time. These actors and yeah. So anyway, yes, that actor whose name I'm just gonna say Sean from now on. But they, you know, the shoulder bop. I'm sure Fatima was like, let's just do the shoulder thing. <laughs> we got to wrap. Craft services is over there waiting. <laughs> and, well, well you know, this this um this the Schlotzky this, isn't going to eat itself. So let's get this. <laughs> this moves nicely into my last like it point, which is <laughs> I like that they always do these close up move these close up um shots of Sean Patrick Thomas uh, doing these slick dance moves, and you just know it's not fucking him. <laughs> oh no, because it's it's always like it's always like a quick close-up of like a butt or something like in a dance move and then you and then it pops up and it's him doing a quick little turn that i can do yeah, and he's exactly. like piece of cake. he's like he's like short of breath and recovering like see did it it's, it's also like, like it's also funny did you did you though it's also like funny because it's like are they were they in on it was mr carter that was mr were mr mr carter and coach carter both in on <laughs> these gags were they like it'd be kind of funny no, I think they really okay. thought they were doing something. <laughs> you don't think they were like, this is camp, mama, um, on the set? I fucking doubt it. Um, you're I like, wish. since you weren't there, I doubt it, Brandon. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that part. Um, and then, mm -hmm. okay, I'm going to move into the my love it. Okay, my first I love, love it. it. Well, I, you know, originally my first love it was actually the... Um, it was actually about the the James Baldwin uh, Truman Capote conversation that like these high school students are having. Like it's just like <laughs> high school students debating like the merits of like you know the the merits of like this sort of like the imaginary within nonfiction as like a tool to sort of like thread like mm. actual like um, actual biographical like points of a story together. It just feels like a really lofty conversation for high school students. But go it off. was. It was definitely lofty and a conversation that like washed over me and made no impression because I just thought this none of this is real. You know what I mean? No, like, for sure. 
<laughs> and like the teacher in this school was like looked so involved and i just thought man public school teachers are so tired this guy like there's like one there's usually like one or two teachers at like public schools who like are really engaged with students and then everyone else is like a woman in her 60s just waiting for retirement <laughs> like yeah, wants counting, nothing counting to do with days. you yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly no it was very that and um so yeah so i kind of already co- covered it but okay so this is actually okay so this is what i want to talk about okay i want to <laughs> just talk it's this is actually i put this in here with several like it points but it all just melds together and we'll just yeah. have this quick conversation mm. so <laughs> i just have a whole thing in here about age in this movie uh, i okay. okay i i knew we were both gonna say something about this song because <laughs> it, it is it, quite cult it's wild and it's layered okay so like we're dealing with like (laughs) julia styles who's like 18 so like Mm -hmm. sure okay yeah and then we've got like bianca lawson who Mm -hmm. by the way if you don't know there's been whole articles about the fact that like bianca lawson who by the way actress you know formidable actress in her own right she plays she plays nikki in this she plays nikki in the movie Mm -hmm. it is um the elephant in the room though she is beyonce's stepsister um, so that is worth noting. Her dad, mm-hmm. Richard Lawson, is married to Tina Knowles. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So just wanted to put that out there. Uh, iconic. Uh, I love that for her. Uh, the whole person I mean, in her own right. It's something but... that I see her now in this movie and I just think, wow, that's great. Like, right. what an incredible, like, what amazing. It's and so of course, her and Solange, you know what I mean? Oh, like, for sure. It's so incredible. Um, like, what? imagine, like, getting the family together. Like, How fabulous, come on. right? Um, and you're like, oh yeah, no, I, <laughs> I I'm, I'm working too. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm also here. Renaissance. It's no, great, like, great. Yeah, no, I really liked Renaissance. I gave it one or two listens. I loved it. I was only able to listen to it a little bit. I hear she's uh, she's dappling in like house music, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Drake did it earlier this year too. Um, but no, I love it. I loved it. I I love the way that she's like. I wonder, I wonder a little bit. I know when I'm researching for a role, like when mm-hmm. I was like Little Liars, I know that mm-hmm. like I do a lot of like I go into the communities that I'm gonna be. I of actually course. talk to And a that lot anonymity of, is so important for what I do. For you what know? I do. So when mm-hmm. I was gonna be on Pretty Little Liars, I went mm-hmm. and I actually talked to vampires uh mm-hmm. in the community because I wanted to is is Pretty Little Liars about vampires? No, <laughs> Pretty Little Liars is not about me. Okay, so then that, that doesn't work. But yeah, <laughs> but I do. Although I do love the sentence, I went out and talked to vampires. Um, <laughs> I did but... too. I, I like. Well, I was so excited about it that I was not going to correct you, but you tried to correct yourself. I was like, no. <laughs> Thank you. Don't hurt um, but yeah, very that. We also have Carrie Washington, who's like twenty four. So we're. Okay. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then Nikki, by the way, Bianca Lawson was 22. And then we have Sean Patrick Thomas, who is 31. And then mm-hmm. we also have Fred, Fredro Starr, who was a member of Onyx. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I know Fredro Starr because um, I remember Onyx was like this 1990s like rap group um, mm-hmm. that Fredro was a the part of. They were based in like uh, in New York. But I also remember, and you That's probably- That's so funny. What? Uh, sorry, go, no, go ahead. No, what were you going to say? I was just going to say, I know Fredro Starr because I know Fredro Starr, but I don't know why I know Fredro Starr. Well, you may also, our fans may also know him because he played Q on Moesha. He played Moesha's like on and off boyfriend. Oh, that's fucking yeah. right. Okay. Yep. 
I knew that he was, I knew that he was like in music, but I also knew that he had like maybe a bigger acting career than a music career. But I was like, I can't. And of course I haven't had a chance to look him up, but I was like, I know him, but I don't, I can't pinpoint what I know him from. I, that, oh my God. Okay. Sorry. That was just like. I'm telling you, Brandy, she was giving it all to us. She was like, do y'all see my stepmother, Shirley (laughs) Ralph? She's going to be in fucking Abbott Elementary in 20 years and win a fucking Emmy. And she's iconic. Um, I mean, she's more iconic than playing Brandy's stepmother. There's a lot of other incredible things too. Of course. You know, but it's just like, you go back and you're like, oh my God, they had it all going on over there on the show. He's 32, I believe. So like, Mm. there's a scene in this movie when like, like they're at like this diner. It's after um, it's after Sarah lets uh lets Derek smash the Caucasian cakes, and mm-hmm. he goes to the diner <laughs> to meet up with his boys and him and uh, Malachi, the Frederick Stark character, mm-hmm. sitting across from each other, and they're talking about this like run that he's gonna make to like on these dudes who like rolled up on his crew four deep, and he's like, we got to get a retaliation, you know, mm-hmm. and it was like this is a conversation between two grown ass men. Like I neither know. of these men. <laughs> is in high school and putting them in this scene together just makes it all the more apparent because it was like this gritty scene where they're both like making their cases but it was like two grown men it's like these are not high school students nope it's two men who are anytime anytime the two of them were in a scene together and interacting it literally felt like two grown men because they're both men in their 30s i mean if you think about it they're only a few years younger than us playing high school characters like that's like that's like a few years ago you and i auditioning for a movie and playing high school characters that would never fly (laughs) no it would be and also to be fair they've been making me play 35 and 40 year olds since i was 15 years old yeah because that's because you're like always me just like can i fucking live can i play can can i play a wide-eyed teenager because that's what i'm actually that's what i am that's just what i am but you're nobody always been built like a you know I hate uh, built like a. Oh my god, Jane. Okay, what, I have to. The, t- wait, let me just like you're like a man. You know what I mean? All right. Um, so I just tell you this story <laughs> really quickly, um, and then we're gonna get back on the podcast. So okay. this weekend, okay, uh, Dave and I, my husband and mm-hmm. producer of the podcast, mm-hmm. um, we went to get massages, and we'd get massages <gasps> at this place. Oh, I um, heard you guys were going. Okay, I'm so jealous. So okay, what? We went to get massages. I hadn't had a okay. massage in like three years. My muscles, mm-hmm. spoiler alert, are very tight, very tense. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of the time was just dedicated to like stretching out muscles that were like fighting it like a fucking mo- like a motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Um, and at one point, he was doing this exercise where he was sort of picking up my legs and he was sort of lifting them over my body. Like he would stand yeah. on one side of my body. I was on my back, and mm. he would take my leg and he would yeah. lift it up over my other leg. And he was trying <sighs> to get up to like a 90 degree angle was what he was trying to do Um, you're not picking up what i was laying down i was literally trying to make it a very sexual conversation and you you were just going straight over no it wasn't that and so he's doing all these exercises and he Mm -hmm. and also i'm in like a little bit of pain but like not bad pain pain that's like Mm -hmm. growing pains kind of where he and he kept like okay and i'm like i'm fine but he was Mm -hmm. like and i would try and help him this is your first time yeah, you a virgin. Um, and he would be like, um, he'd be like, oh, you're good. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm fine. And he kept, but he had to do it a couple times because I couldn't even get my my hip, like my leg up to that point. So like three or oh, four wow. tries on each leg. Mm-hmm. And then um, 
And so then I get done with my massage. The way that our, our times ended up being staggered because Dave's massage ended up having to be moved up 30 minutes. So Dave went in at 4. I went in at 4.30, which meant that mm-hmm. I ended up with this, like, there was a 30-minute window after I was done where Dave was just in the lobby, like, waiting on mm-hmm. me to get done. And this guy comes out. He's like, oh, he's like, I'm going to go get some water. And he, he, had, he never met Dave, and Dave didn't come up in our massage. So he didn't even know that my husband was also getting a massage or anything. So mm-hmm. Dave's in the lobby, like, waiting in the corner of this very small lobby. And the two... uh the two women that were working the front desk is which is where the water was my masseuse steps out it's the time where you know you put your clothes back on and he's going to get me a cup of water so when i come out of the room he can hand it to me in the back mm-hmm. and dave told me that night we're talking about our massages and he was like yeah he was like he came out and like the women behind the counter kind of like almost forgetting that dave my husband is like sitting over in the corner and mm-hmm. and he's in the corner tucked away and this guy doesn't really know him and as far as he's concerned he didn't see us together so he doesn't know that dave is like right you know, he just thinks mm-hmm. he's probably a person waiting on massage so he you know one of the women's like oh how the massage go and he's like oh my god his legs are so big they were so heavy <laughs> and like he's like she's like oh he's like i really had to work for it today and the woman behind the counter her eyes get really big at the realization that like she's literally he's talking about me and her eyes get really big and she tries to change the subject she's like, yeah yeah so what's your opinion and I was like, my friend, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I was like, and Dave didn't tell me this, by the way until i was like fully like i was at home like we're like laying in bed talking and dave's like oh yeah this happened and i'm like i just want you to know that if that ever happened to me my wife would know never to tell me that ever i was like and it's so funny because like you're laying there and like your eyes are closed and like the way he, he was giving me the massage, he also like handed me the key to pull my leg out from under the sheet. So he had me holding like gently holding onto the sheet so that it didn't come down. Uh-huh. And so he's like moving my leg. So I'm really concerned about my sheet because I'm a modest gal. And I'm trying to hold onto the sheet. And I'm also trying to not let him know that like I'm going through it physically as he's trying to like get my leg to go where they're going to go. And he is he's routinely like picking up my big ass leg apparently and like trying to lift well- it up. And it's just like, it's so, it was just so funny because he was like, yo, no, Greg, you're going to be in the room and can get out, couldn't wait to get out and tell the girlies. (laughs) Okay. So I need to say, because like (laughs) listeners who don't know the two of us personally, just so we're clear, I am laughing because, well, Brandon is definitely has big like big legs he is like very muscular and fit and like the absolute like adonis of a man he just is like you know like six three a big guy of course you have big legs and i it's so funny because it's actually like a compliment to you <laughs> you know what i mean but it, it, it that's like a nice thing to hear about yourself i think that's like you are like a big sexy man Thank you. I'm going to choose to take it that way. It's 100% what it means. But 
I was thinking about like if that was me, I would literally never recover because as a woman, that is not something you want to hear. But obviously you take very good care of yourself. You work out, you have those big muscly meaty thighs for a reason so that you can hear nice things about them. Thank you. Thank you, Jane. It was just so it was also so funny because the energy clearly was so different in the room as it should be. But it was just like I didn't realize that he was fighting for his life while he was like so I didn't get the tea until Dave gave it to me. And I said to Dave, I was like, what did you say when the one, you know, because they knew we were together, the, the two women. So I was like, what'd you say? And he was like, I said anything. He's like, I was looking at my phone when he came out and I just kept looking at my phone. And I was like, that's, I was like, that would have been me too, making sure I get all that tea. Absolutely. You don't want listening. to get, you don't want to get them to stop talking. You want the information. I also but, love old girl trying to like course correct. Like, yeah, be yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Nah, so anyway, nah, so what are you doing for that? It's like, no, no, no. You should have no, no, seen no. these legs. I want to get back <laughs> these, on them big legs. These tree trucks I had to care. But I just, again, I, I will say it. that is an absolute compliment. You are very, very, very attractive and have big manly meaty legs, and I love Thank them. Thank you, Jane. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, but I did mean to share that. So, oh so yeah, good. so we covered the ages in this movie. Um, <laughs> Jane, did you have a love at point? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> oh, trying to get back in it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love that this hotspot steps that they go to is absolutely riddled with high school kids. Damn, this was one of mine. <laughs> I knew we were going to have so many overlapping. Oh, but it's my like, God. as an adult who, like, you know, would go out to a club or a bar, if I went to a place that was riddled with high school kids, I'd be like, get me the fuck out of here. <gasps> Although they are, again, many of them in their 30s. At this here's, point. Like, here's the thing. The thing is that, like, what you want to do as, like, a, I have to imagine as a high school student with a fake ID is you want to sort of, like, be able to just sort of, like, assimilate into, like, adult society in these places. Exactly. So, but it's, like, at a certain point in the middle of the movie, it becomes clear that, like, the expectation is that this club is going to be like it's the entire student body like Absolutely. it's whole cliques and crews of people having these high school fights in the middle of these <laughs> adult grown-ass people clubs and it's like what's going on like what's happening that like we have more students here than we did in first period at high school like, and like it what what's the establishment aren't they like worried you know what i mean this isn't 1972 this no. is 2001 like this shit is not easy to get into you know what i mean people are present and accounted for the whole <laughs> the whole school is here and the expectation is that they will be here so it's clear that like whoever's at the door everybody who goes to this high school is like who's who? cleon fuck him you bring that cleon. fake id and you get your ass in <laughs> It is wild. And it's like, there are events there. Like Derek's like, so we go into the couples only thing at Steps? <laughs> it's like, what? Why are you acting like this is like a homecoming dance? And why is nobody worried about like like nobody's worried about like the cover being blown either. For it no. to be a high school that is literally like it is it is a club that is literally funded on the backs of like of high school programs. students. Yeah. Like it is like they like they should be just like funded by the school. They should be in the school board's <laughs> budget because they are entertaining. They are entertaining the tots. And 100%. this dance floor is riddled with children. It is 
it's too much. <laughs> and it's like, it's so funny because they could have d- gone like the, ooh, we have like an underground, like, you know, somebody's brother has this warehouse that like, you know, we can go to. It's like a little bit on the low, but it's how we party. And it could have been like maybe a little bit more of like a dangerous vibe. But they decided exactly. to set it in a whole ass adult nightclub and then just skate <laughs> over the fact that these are kids who just can get in. Um <laughs> I love that one too. It's um, so good. <laughs> I also had like so Chanel's whole thing, Carrie Washington's character. This is Derek's yes. sister Chanel. Her whole thing is that she wants to be this fashion designer, and mm-hmm. they show like the most god awful dress <laughs> that Chanel made, and it's supposed to be the moment we root for her. I and know. they are like, and like, and Julia Stiles' character is here. She's like, oh my god, you made this, and she's like. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, your girly did it. And it's like, this is not a flex. It's not good. No. So I would have been like, like, ooh, I'd be like, show me something else. <laughs> what else you got on that girl? <laughs> Let's see. Ooh. Let's see options. It's Chanel. like, the thing is, it's like a piece of like chrome silver fabric that's just like draped. It's like hastily no- pinned and draped together. <laughs> you know, it was like the costume designer was like busy trying to like put together like some hoochie coochie outfits for everybody at the teen nightclub uh <laughs> adult studio 54 <laughs> and by the way when mm-hmm. i was in when i was in high school i remember i'm not gonna say anybody's name but i remember mm-hmm. i had a cousin and i remember when i would go visit them that mm-hmm. we would go to like a teen club that teen club mm-hmm. was wild those kids were in there <laughs> doing everything i remember it it was freaky and i remember being like 12 like i'm gonna get out of here like it was too much I was like, where are the adults? Because there's I no do. alcohol, but there's there's a lot of phalanges moving around. Look at that. <laughs> a lot of phalanges. It was a mess on that dance floor. Yeah. Like, what in the Wayne Wonder is going on? Somebody <laughs> turn off the Lumity and deal with these kids. Uh-oh. Uh, uh-oh. Uh, honestly. <laughs> I was a pill, by the way. Let me make that clear. I was the kid you didn't want around. Mm-hmm. And my cousins of have course. said that to me. My cousins have, have said to me as an adult, Mm-hmm. We hated we hated you a little bit because you were always the one who would like like you would tell like adults something oh, happened. I know. I I get that. You have that fucking energy all over you, baby boy. I know exactly. Because we th- this is why <laughs> this is Jane why and I was, were opposites. Jane we and I were opposites. Absolute opposites. Because I would be trying to find every which way to get into every club, bar, whatever, underage, and do whatever. Uh, necessary lying and hiding and all that stuff I need to do in order to just have fun. And you would have been, ugh, the narc. And this is why I'm I really would've... glad we met after high school. <laughs> right? Because you only had to put the lightest amount of pressure on me. And I was, I'm selling everybody down the river. Like, I'm not going, I'm not getting in trouble for you. And they knew it too. And they probably like, honestly, I'd have to ask, I don't think I want the answer, but mm-hmm. I would have to ask my like, like, did y'all like have, did you have respect for me? Or would y'all just think, <laughs> or did you think like, he's such a fucking stool pigeon? Like, cause no. I hated it. I didn't like the pressure. I didn't like the pressure and like adults being like, who did so? And so I was like, him. <laughs> you ain't gotta ask me twice. You didn't even try to like vamp a little bit, so you no. didn't have to say. I'm not going oh down. Oh my god! I do remember one time. <laughs> I, I think I've told the story on the podcast before. I do remember one time one of my cousins burned like the top of like it was like like a table. It was like a table that went behind mm. the couch in our living room, like a, one of those long, thin tables that covered the width of the couch, but was like thin. And my mom, uh-huh. my mom used to be really into like potpourri and really into like 
oils and it's one of those little oil things that like has a flame underneath it that lights the oil and sure. i remember my cousin like burned the he he burned a big spot like a big spot in the corner of my mother's wooden table like fucking with the the oh. flame part and then like my mom called me in the room and i she put us in line outside the door and it was supposed to begin things if we don't yeah yeah we got whooping in my house we we're supposed to begin whoopings like to you know everybody's going to whoop it. i remember i went in the room first and my mom was like who did it and i was like <laughs> she knew and then she just like whooped the bed and she's like make noise while i hit the bed so your cousins don't know that you didn't get whooped so she <laughs> Because she needed a man on the inside, so she wanted exactly. to keep and you because she, and, and keep you informing on your cousin. Save pigeon child. Yes, exactly. So <laughs> yeah, so I wasn't much for the clubby club, um, but yeah. Um, I have a love at point. I'd love to bring up and talk about if that's okay with you. Okay, I love it. I love how Derek has absolutely zero dance credentials like we don't hear anybody talk about how he's won some sort of dance contest or even trained in any kind of dancing or no one even says that he's the best dancer at steps and yet he is equipped to give julia styles these dance lessons after school in which you know, he doesn't really give her too much if you really watch what they're doing. It's just him, like, lightly grinding on her the whole time. And I want to know <laughs> what, why couldn't they have added in a line about, like, oh, Derek? Yeah, he'll teach you. He's the best dancer at steps. He even won the, you know, the freestyle teenager contest. <laughs> like, I anything. Hate, I hate the phrase freestyle teenager. I'll tell you that. <laughs> It sounds like the na- it sounds like the name of like Drew Barrymore's autobiography. Uh, freestyle teenager. You know she was in the streets back then. Um, no, I that is actually a very good point that I didn't think about. But you are right. He just sort of like carries himself with this kind of authority. But it right. is like unearned. It's like there should be a moment where it's like Chanel's like, oh my god, Derek's been dancing since since we were kids. He used to win all sorts of competitions. Once he got right. into all that smart stuff, he stopped. Or like something like that. But it's just, it's literally just your, which honestly makes a lot of sense for high school because it's really just the kids, like the kids who you like defer to and you give like respect to. When you think back on it sometimes, you're like, they, there was no reason for us to have deferred to that person on whatever (laughs) the topic was. They were just confident. They were just confident and they were loud. Mm -hmm. And like, we just gave them like car blanche. And it's like, that's kind of what's going on. Because it is like, she's like, a, she, he's also not even the best dancer like at the club. So it's no. like, so it's just like, no. it makes no sense. And like, she, she like, it, cause it's like, oh, I'm gonna like help you grit up this routine. But you are right. It's literally just her and him, like her doing her booty tooting on him. And like no. him just grinding with her. And that's it. And it's like, we just accept that he's an authority because he's loud and he's like, more, you gotta go hard. <laughs> it's like, what so does that mean? Wild. Like, it doesn't make any sense. He has, and he doesn't, there's no point where he really shows us something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they or, do he, have, or where like, he even says, like, I've got a deep love for hip hop dance, and like, yeah. I know what you're doing, and I think that, like, my passion for, like, it's, he's not even passionate about it, really. No, it's just like, oh, this is where I hang out with my friends, and like, I can move my shoulders a little bit. And so, you watch me do this. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And like, 
even when they like bring it back to steps and they're like, oh, we've been working on it for a while. Let's bring this shit to the dance floor. And it's like they get on the dance floor and everyone is fucking gagging. And I'm like, where? What are we? Like, where, where are, are the moves? <laughs> where are the moves? They don't seem to be anywhere in this club. They don't seem to be anywhere in Chicago, as far as I can tell, with these Y'all people running around. Y'all were like, y'all were gassing us up. Y'all said y'all were in the lab with the pin and the pad trying to get this fucking label off. Like, we were fully, we're ready for it. We were ready to be gooped. And like, y'all showed up with like the the crusty two step. And And like, it's something anybody could do. I was, it was giving nothing. And then they have that like little like dance off with Nikki gets jealous, Bianca Lawson. She gets jealous and she tries to like because she's like, oh shit. Watch um, me Julia smash style. this shit. <laughs> yeah, she's like, watch me smash this shit. Cause Julia Styles is apparently showing out on the dance floor and just like literally she's just moving her hips on beat. And it's like that's all we can expect I from barely her. Doing that. <laughs> barely doing that. Um and so Nikki like walks up and she like gets in the middle of them and like tries to like, you know, entice Derek away, and she does. But she's barely giving anything either. None of the none of the actors are really giving anything. And also, Nikki, I, I want to point out gaslit. I feel we like have. We, we have. And we watched it as kids and we were like, oh shit, they're doing we're it. Like, this is everything. Um also Nikki's wearing a super cute outfit. She's she's wearing she's wearing a tube top, like a black tube top, and she's got mm. I forgot when the girls were doing the cl- it literally it has to just be a piece of fabric, but mm-hmm. the matching fabric around the neck that just is the same oh, fabric the, as the tube top. The choker that makes the, the choker. choker. It's like a fabric choker. Yeah, it I was a surf, totally remember and that. She had a really that like like a, a dark cherry like lipstick on. Yeah, and she had the barrettes going across the top of her hair. Mm-hmm. Remember yeah. the the barrettes like the where the front of the hair is like plaited back and then it turns into like um it's like an updo it's like a ponytail and then the rest is hanging like a like a happy ponytail. Yeah, it's a half ponytail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it was it's really it's really early it's really early odds. And I will I'm, say that I mean the butterfly clips. Bianca Lawson in this movie. I mean, she's gorgeous to begin with, oh, but sure. like she particularly the fact that like all of this is now coming back now in fashion, I feel like I was like absolutely she was the one who was like serving the most to me. Oh, for sure. And also legit like Bianca Lawson is one of those people that was playing like a teenager for eternity there were articles about it because Bianca yes. Lawson played a teenager for like over two decades it's and like, like Gabrielle Union and Stacey Dash like but like into the 2010s Bianca, Bianca was still on was starring on Pretty Little Liars still playing a teenager next yes. to these girls yes and I remember that in her that was 30s wild. she was like I'm doing she's like I'm doing the same thing I'm doing the same thing Sean and Fredro did and yeah. what they did it on and the set the of that movie questions nobody said a word so i'm gonna watch me slip into this into my team bag real quick and get this check and she was literally born in 1979 like yeah she wild. straight up said you won't break my soul you're not gonna i'm not losing coin let me go ahead take and... the plastic off the couch it's time for me to perform the sofa but yeah um I just knew the girls were going to get you. So um, the girls being our fans who couldn't give a shit. Our fans are literally right now trying to like wean their like babies. And they're just like, just get me through the night. They're like, Like, oh my God, just say, I I don't get any of your fucking references anyway. Yeah, especially, I know. They're like, Murder, She Wrote Again. 
Uh, who's your audience? Say the last By the dance way, she wrote. When we were out on Friday, we were out at a bar partying on Friday because we're such um, it's so un- <clears throat> it's it's so unusual it's for us. Just so, but we're we're just you know we're crazy crazy kids. You know, oh, wow. no, we never do. But Dave. <laughs> at one point goes to me Jane I'm so stressed out and I was like why and he's like we are on season 10 of Murder She Wrote and I'm just like the end is coming so close and I just like I don't know what I'm going to do afterwards (laughs) and I was like Dave. <laughs> it is so true. We're burning through these episodes. He's like, I get, he's it. like, I don't know what I'm going to do when it's over. <laughs> we're probably going to start over. I also saw Columbo peeking out, and I was like, maybe we'll give oh, Peter Falk a moment. It's not going to be the same, though. No, it's not going to be the same. No, Angela is that girl. Like, she really is. She <laughs> had the game of lock in the 80s and the 90s. Um, but yeah, no, we are dealing with that at our house. I'm I'm burning through cheers too, baby. I'm in I'm in oh, Bean Town. Simultaneously, in, in your neck of the woods. Wow, um, <laughs> eating those Boston baked beans, baby. Um, but yeah, no, uh, I'm tearing through it. We've we've gone through <laughs> Shelley Long. We're in the Christie Alley. Oh She's wow. delightful. I try and just pretend like I don't know about the how wild things got at the end. R.I.P. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that oh my God, I forgot. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. So, so what's so, your next level point? <laughs> uh, so actually, okay. So this one, uh, you got something. You got mail, uh, Jane. Check your email. Um, I think we are overdue for a scene. Um, <gasps> oh my god, such a good idea. So <laughs> let's take it to page seventy-three. Um, um, I've not received it quite I yet. I just sent it through. I like to wait until the moment of just to keep oh, the drama high. There um, it is. And page 73 in the script. So this is okay. a scene where um, Sarah has... Oh, interesting. So they I did not clock the fact that the name got changed. Um, the name was originally Patrick, and they changed it to Derek, which is interesting. Oh, interesting. Um, Patrick's even white. Uh, but they... Uh, <laughs> yeah, so we're going we're gonna to go ahead and read this scene. It's a scene after Sarah has gone to see a dance performance for the first time since her mother died um and mm. Derek takes her on a surprise trip um to see uh, a dance performance and then this is sort at of the, the Chicago theater at the Chicago theater so this is sort of the aftermath of that is she's still sort of processing Derek's still mm. sort of processing he thought this was going to be a really like exciting and like happy thing to do for her and it turns out to have maybe shook loose uh some memories of some trauma uh mm. Jane I mm-hmm. I trust that you are in a place where you think you can take on the role of Sarah emotionally? I think I can do it. I think I can do it. I, okay. I, I, I hope to be able to, you know. Okay, and do I'm going to go ahead and tackle uh, Derek. Okay. <laughs> I thought you would like it. I, I did. <laughs> well, you ain't acting like you did. I'm sorry. I don't want you to think I didn't have a good time tonight, Derek. I did. The The ballet just isn't a part of my life anymore. Why not? What happened? You just woke up one day and decided to waste your talent? How do you know I have talent? Just because I did some stupid leg trick? Look, I saw the look on your face when you did it. Sarah, the same look I saw tonight goofy happy so if you're gonna tell me something about not dancing at least tell me something real 
maybe I don't want it to be real. <sighs> what I want is to wake up and see my mom. For things to go back the way they were when they made sense. <laughs> when my life made sense. And it's all my fault. She got me... She got scraped off the highway for me. For my fucking audition. She was rushing. It was raining. It was raining. But she promised to be there. I made her promise. And then I didn't wait for her. I should have, but they called my name and I didn't say anything. I just went out and danced and I was mad. I needed her and she wasn't there. She was dying while I was dancing and I was mad at her and I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hey, 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 hey. It's not your fault. It rained or she died. Or that you danced. That's what you were there for. Your mom would have expected you to do what you did. That's what makes it so bad. She always did what was right for me. I want to be a prima ballerina. It had to be. Even if it just took all of our money, all of her spare time, I didn't care. It was my stupid dream and it killed her. All she wanted was for it to come true. You still got whatever you had when your mom was alive, Sarah. She wouldn't want you to give up. I know, but she, I just don't, I just don't think I can do it without her. Do you want to do it, Sarah? I mean, you, do you want Juilliard? Yeah, I do. Baby, then it's on you to make that dream come true. Yeah, for my mom. For her. For you. And scene. Oh my God. We did it. We did it. That was so ju juicy. Thank you for giving me that emotional scene. I really, I. Thank you. I, I really went you. through yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, this, um, that was, <laughs> actually, I remember the note <laughs> when I was watching the movie that I took. And I was like, why do I, why, I know this is a sad story, but why do I find it so annoying? <laughs> <laughs> no, I like, feel you. It's like, uh... I just did, didn't feel bad for her. And I was like, I, I didn't feel bad for her because at this point, I knew that Derek's mother was uh, a person who had been in prison, left prison, had a substance abuse disorder, was engaging in sex work, and abandoned her children. We know nothing about Derek's father, which means he probably doesn't know anything about his father. And his sister, you know, is in high school and a single mother and dealing with a deadbeat baby daddy and you know he's worked his ass off and got into Georgetown and she, like I was just like you know it's not that her loss doesn't matter it's just that I don't think enough weight was placed on what he's going through in this for movie sure. no for sure
Um, no, I think you're accurate. I, think you're accurate. <laughs> I, uh, I, we'll talk about that in a minute. I, <laughs> I want to talk about that more. Um, the, the other things that I, I, I only had like two more cause we covered most of my, my stuff that I had in the list. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, we actually covered that too. Um, the only okay, so the other two that I want to mention though, I had one. Did you have another one, Jane? By the way, I'm sorry. I have one more like it that I think is worth discussing. But the other ones we, or sorry, I'm one more love it that is worth discussing. But the other ones we definitely covered. So I'll briefly say, okay, so there's the scene where she's been off in the lab with Derek. They've been working on their moves. They come back. They present them to <laughs> everybody. They're crusty, but everybody pretends like they're not. And then like Nikki comes out of the dance floor, does her two step. Derek's really into it. And then, mm-hmm. like, the next scene is, like, Derek realizes that he's been grinding on Nikki for five minutes on the dance floor long enough <laughs> that, like, Sarah's left and is, like, watching from, like, you know, near the bar. And mm-hmm. then, like, right after this, they have sex. And I, and I wrote down, it feels like she just had sex with him because he was <laughs> dancing with Nikki earlier tonight at the club. It's just the way that the scenes pair up. It's just, like, it feels like you maybe did this for the wrong reasons, this. One... They were actually, this was like a thing throughout the movie where something would be done that I think was maybe unintentional, but made a certain statement. Again, like her sleeping with him right after they had that like tiff about Nikki. Like that was a weird time to do that because it again, just like solidified their competition as opposed to like her feelings about Derek. It says you're coming out of like a moment of meaning between the two of them. It comes out of jealousy and rivalry on the dance floor. <laughs> right, exactly. With their crusty ass moves. Everybody's yeah, gagging over her, baby. And then there was another scene in this movie where I realized, so she's talking to her uh, her like hometown best friend who is literally just an idea of a person. Yes. Her like her friend who like is super religious and wants to pray for her and like all the time I guess but she's talking on the phone and she goes oh well there's actually kind of this boy that I like at school and her friend goes oh there are white boys at the school and she was like um no not really which by the way is just like a weird question to ask anyways just assume that like your friend would only date white guys. I don't know. It just it, it was just a really just weird a, It's weird. It's just weird to bring up like race. I don't know something about that moment. It's like if you just it's ask like, her about <laughs> him, it may come up. But like, there's something about like just like <laughs> oh, oh like, yes, ass- oh you found another assuming- Caucasian king, huh? <laughs> yeah. It's just like, like what the assume? fuck was? And then the next scene is Fredro Star as Malachi slamming a woman into the bathroom stall wall and it's like this i don't know if it was meant to be this but it was this very like in my mind what seemed unintentional commentary that black men are dangerous and i was like isn't this not what this the movie is supposed to be about isn't like are we making the you know that's like what racist people think in society aren't we supposed to be like not so pushing that narrative forward 
Right? Okay, so let's just talk about it. So my, my last love okay. it point where I'm just going to throw out and then we're going to we'll have this conversation. My last okay. love it point was the actress. I just thought it was funny. The actress who, there's a scene when they're going to see the ballet and they're on the train going to Chicago and there's mm-hmm. an older white woman who's watching the two <sighs> of them like, in, like touch each other and embrace. Not even older, just probably like a woman in like her 40s. She's like observing them. Like, she just... was in her like 50s, okay. I think. She was in it. But her, the actress's name, in the credits rolled, her name is Brenda Pickleman. And it, she was, it, it was Brenda, Brenda Pickleman as older disgusted woman. And I just thought that was a great credit. Um, <laughs> that is a great for, credit for old Bren's, um, you know, IMDb. Um, yeah. So we'd love to see that. Uh, okay, so let's just have the conversation. Okay, so my okay. loathe it. This is going to be kind of lengthy, but we've already been hinting at it. So, like, one of the big problems with this movie, mm-hmm. I wrote all this out. Okay, so one of the biggest problems with this movie, looking back on it, is like the fact that like Sarah, this privileged white girl who, as Jane mentioned, she has had loss in her life. She suffered the loss of her mother and that is sad and that is painful. Okay, but she easily is allowed to integrate into the lives of this of these black people. She mm-hmm. integrates into this school. She's mm-hmm. instantly sort of like set up like this victim or this sort of like martyr, but like she receives virtually no like pushback from anyone. They embrace her will yes. like they willingly embrace her and her and like she also comes with like very limited like ability. And they like they place her on their shoulders and they champion for her in a way that they don't even champion for each other, which is really yes. like odd and like perplexing. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And then I also mentioned, okay, so I wrote down, you know, there's a conversation that happens later in this movie. It is a conversation when with Chanel, where Chanel has this monologue where she basically breaks down for it's a conversation after Nikki, Derek's old girlfriend, and Sarah get into this fight. And Chanel is basically laying out for for Sarah some of the things that Nikki said. Some of them she says were out of line, but some of them were true. And she says, like, you, you know, you come into our community, you don't even understand our community. You are now dating like one of the only like successful black men in our community. You have commandeered our culture. And you've essentially like tried it on to see how it fits and you have no like meaningful like relationship to it and you're not even really curious about anything and you're sitting here with me in this in this clinic which is for underserved populations and you're not taking in like the disparities and the fact that like you you can go to a doctor if you want to go to a doctor like i'm here with my young child and i'm not and chanel's not asking her to feel sorry for her all chanel's Mm -hmm. asking her to do is to think about the privilege and she's saying if you're going to be in a relationship with a black man and a black man that comes from this world you owe it to yourself to really rigorously engage with like what that means and what those complications are and like the complexities that you're going to be taking on and sarah responds by just running away and crying and it's like Mm -hmm. you're not the victim here all she did was Mm -hmm. lay out the facts but i hate that in this movie they present it to us like like they are on this like we're on the side of sarah that's yes. the way that it's presented because she essentially has to backtrack later on in the movie and when she reveals to Derek because ultimately Sarah ends up like being like, I don't know if I want to be with you. And Derek's kind of confused about what's going on. And later on, Chanel reveals this conversation and she's basically saying this may be the reason why Sarah has distanced herself from you. And Derek's like, what? And it's like this whole <laughs> dynamic. And it's like, no, 
like Shamil's not wrong in the fact that like they've written in this 100%. scene where she has to essentially apologize for making the black woman for making the white woman aware of mm -hmm. like racial disparities and the ways in which they commingle with like uh systemic like systemic racism and you know impoverished underserved communities like all of this needs to be discussed you can't just date yes. a black man and uh, and like pretend like none of this is happening. And the fact that like the movie sets it up in a way that we're all supposed to think, well, that was really fucked up of Chanel to like point out every fucking thing that like this girl should absolutely be thinking about if she's gonna be engaging in this kind of relationship. And her jazz man daddy also. They they yes. both need to be thinking about this if they're gonna be profiting 100%. from black culture. <laughs> what the fuck? I, I actually, okay, so everything you said is essentially an amalgam amalgamation of all of my low that points. And I knew that we were going to like have this conversation and be like probably like, on the same page about this because it's such a frustrating missed opportunity for this movie to have done where it's like when Chanel or Chanel, whatever the mm -hmm. fuck this character's name is, Carrie Washington's character is having this conversation with Sarah in the clinic and she makes such a fucking good point. And the fact that her response, Sarah's response, is to leave that conversation instead of thoughtfully engage with it and listen to her friend who has a completely different fucking life than she does. Like, she's literally watching it in action right now. And all she feels is empathy for herself because she doesn't feel comforted by this woman in this moment who is literally like her the way that her world works is on display right in front of her and fucking sarah can't see a single thing like i was like because i haven't seen this movie in a while and i always kind of forget how it wraps up it's been a long time but i was like oh wow i'm so glad we're having this conversation i can't wait for sarah to then be like you know what you really brought up some great points i really need to examine my own privilege and how i can be you know how i can be like a, a partner who is capable of taking part in an interracial relationship and you know examine what you know examine all of this and really listen to the people around me and listen to the world that I've like stepped into instead of crying and stomping out of rooms like that's what you need to do and then I was so upset when they were at the playground and Chanel was like I think I know why she might have said that to you and she essentially says I'm sorry and Derek gets mad at her and I'm like no 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 you don't have fucking anything to be sorry about because no. Sarah literally has never been challenged like she thinks she can just walk in and everything everything is you know tit for tat and that's not how the fucking world works also, like, just to and like to to sort of like harp on this point a bit more, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, the way that the movie is set up in in and of itself is problematic just because of the fact that like you mentioned the scene earlier with like Fredro Starr, he's this gangster. He's there's this black woman, a black team. Mm -hmm. We're led to believe they're in the bathroom at school, the, the women's mm -hmm. bathroom. Um, Sarah comes into the bathroom as he is sort of he's pinned this black woman against the wall and he's roughing her up and she owes him money for drugs and he's mm -hmm. like where's my money and she doesn't have it and he's like inflicting violence on her Sarah mm -hmm. comes into the bathroom and 
she runs away. The, the woman gets a chance to run away and she does. And then Fredro's character, Malachi, like approaches Sarah. But he doesn't physically, he doesn't physically like inflict violence on her. And then mm -hmm. there's a scene at the club where he literally calls her trailer trash. And when he calls her trailer trash, Derek, her boyfriend, who is best friends with Malachi, punches Malachi in the face. Like the black women in this movie have violence <laughs> inflicted on them easily. And mm -hmm. just in Sarah's honor, even being like, even the intimation that Sarah is dishonorable or like that her pedigree is not like, you know, of like of the, the highest, highest caliber, caliber is enough that like violence is inflicted on the man who has made the statement. Yes. Like in just, just, just her dignity, just her dignity in her, in her white womanhood is like the threat to it is enough for violence to be inflicted. And we're watching mm -hmm. these, these black women just go through it. This movie has only one black man in this movie who is actually actually like who, who appears to have a future of promise and that is Derek. right he's the mm -hmm. only one they don't give us any other positive black male role models in this movie mm -hmm. so we have mm -hmm. so everything hinges in this world on Derek. every mm -hmm. other man because there are other black male characters in the movie if you hadn't guessed and they are all gangsters and they are mm -hmm. all gang banging and they're all selling drugs um the ones and that we get to meet stereotypes too like kenny um chanel's baby daddy who like you who know isn't involved in his child's her, life and can't and be bothered yeah, and he isn't. He isn't a drug dealer. He appears to have a job and be gainfully employed. But once again, yeah, like you're saying, he's once again he's, a, he's not taking responsibility for his children, which is a horrible fucking like again a horrible trope that they're throwing in there around black men. For sure. So we have that, and then we have uh, Nikki, the Bianca Lawson character, who is over sexualized and promiscuous, another black female stereotype. Mm -hmm. And then we have mm -hmm. Chanel, the bitter baby mama, that stereotype. Mm -hmm. So like mm -hmm. everybody who surrounds. Sarah is performing a very particular kind of otherness and Sarah sort mm -hmm. of exists at the nucleus and she is supposed to be our way into the story. And she's the one that the viewer is supposed to like attach themselves to. So it's like even at the end of the movie, Sarah is going into like this dance audition for Juilliard with this skill set that she has uh, that she's acquired from her like ethnographic you know, field work in the ghetto exactly. and she's using it to, to effectively like get herself out of this world. She's able yes. to take what she wants from this world. She's able to like go into the, whenever they put her in these club scenes, they fashion her in like these braids and like this, like yep. it, there's like a moment mm -hmm. where like, she's like they wrap a like a head, like, <sighs> like they wrap a piece of fabric around her head. It's giving like Romani, it um, it's, yes. it's giving like, like they're trying to give, they're trying to create this sort of like, um, they're trying to create exoticism through her, but she's just mm -hmm. wearing it and she's just wearing it for like, for a spell. Like she's not actually invested <laughs> she's in the culture. She's trying on a culture, which she is not a part of. And then- And not even curious and, about. And not not a part of, not even curious about, and in, it directly benefits from by getting herself into Juilliard by using the skill set that Derek just gave to her and creating a, a, a presumably um like co-choreographing this like dance which you know um marries ballet and hip-hop and that gets her into this high this white woman again into this super prestigious higher education school you know also like, derek literally like leaves his sister and his nephew like in the play in the playground mm -hmm. like his sister who appears to like need him in yeah. order to like go to like this Juilliard audition when it's like girl you have everything you need and you still need this black man to like do the labor of like showing up here and like yeah like 
just spurring you on and giving you the inspiration that you need when it's like you've already got everything that you need he's given you it all but you Mm -hmm. still like you you need it's like it's like sarah just takes she just excavates she just takes 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 (laughs) and it's like profits off of and 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 i mean it is it's she's stealing stealing culture and stealing moments and you know it's it's so frustrating to watch now which is not this is not something i was like could you know could glean when i was a teenager watching this which is why i loved this movie so much i thought it was just such a sweet love story against all odds and now watching it i'm like this is fucking a horrible message it's, yeah it's, <laughs> it's yeah it's wild and it's like yeah. you watch it now and i, I feel the same way i kind of remembered some of it i kind of remembered it maybe being a little tone deaf but it yeah. was just like watching it again it's just like this is crazy and like sarah not once like and the thing too is that sarah never apologizes sarah never, never. apologizes not or acknowledges once. that she was wrong or that she approached this all with rose-colored glasses that did not yes. allow her to see like and there's that moment in the scene in the clinic where she says you were Chanel says, you know, we're worlds apart. And she says, what do you mean? We're, we're all in the same world. And then she says, there's look one around. world. And then, yeah. And then, yeah. She says, there's one world. And then she says, look around you. And it's like, let's get out of this sort of like kumbaya transracial bubble for a second. Because what she's essentially saying Please. to you is like, I get that like you're having one experience as a human being and that it is like the experience that we are sold as a nation. But like there are disparities and like there are you see me. I've been, you know, she has a line earlier where she says she's waiting for this clinic. She's been there for almost two hours waiting for her son to get treatment and like she has no choice she's stuck here you know figuratively and, she and literally have like a she doesn't have like a parent who's gonna bail her out you know what i, I mean, mean like because or- yeah well sarah because sarah's still i mean don't get it twisted by thinking just because she's living with her daddy who's performing over at the green mill that she doesn't have <laughs> the tools to get out of like this situation because i mean she clearly has enough money juilliard don't they don't give out scholarships like that so if she's going to juilliard then apparently mama had had a good insurance policy um, or something because money doesn't yeah. seem to be an issue so it's like her little foray into the ghetto is is short-lived and like she's she's not curious about anything except the things that can help her mm-hmm um so that's tea uh that was basically mm-hmm. all of my <laughs> all of my same my, I- that was basically all of my loaded i do have some other like quick little like funny things that I did have. That was my same thing. Literally all of the the things that we just talked about was the majority of my lovets. And then also I have just one or two funny things that one thing okay so one of mine was like i just thought that like they like didn't know what to do with her dad like there was a weird vibe there was like a weird will they won't they vibe with her dad that i did not appreciate i was like what is this relationship like they are not invested you what they are i mean honest and truly hold on one second well also like the dad and the mother like thinking about the mother in the beginning and the guy who played the dad i could not see them as a couple ever like it didn't make any sense to me no and her dad legit her dad legit makes charlie swan from twilight look like the dad that will smith played in pursuit of happiness like he looks he couldn't look more involved compared to this guy because he is too busy trying to get his hands on a bowler hat and an argyle sweater um, exactly. to be there for his daughter and mm-hmm. it is just like what is going on with y'all two um it's almost They're, like yeah, it would, the it only thing just they be have like in uncle. common is like stealing from the black community they should have just killed the dad off and made her and made him like her uncle or something like it would have been because it's like there's not a relationship here um <laughs> uh and then do you want to go 
One of my things is I hate the amount of pointing she does in her routine. <laughs> Who is she pointing at? Why is she always pointing yeah. at the audience? It's like, what? that's not a move. That's something my dad does at weddings, and it's not cool. Also, the dancing just wasn't good. That last no. routine is not good. And no. like you, not all the editing in the world, baby. That like all she's, it's just not good. I don't remember it not being good, but I was just watching. I was like, this is bad. It's and also good. it's like, it's bad with like a budget and cinematographers. And like, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to drag Julia Stiles. She has, she has a little rhythm, but like the dance routine, I but just was thinking this enough. was the best that they could like. The shit, we see, the shit we see dancers do today. I mean, to compare that to what Julia Stiles and Sean Patrick Thomas was giving us that we were thought this is this is the fucking epitome of hip hop dance. Like, no, it couldn't be further from. And I know she worked really good. hard and I saw like, you <gasps> know, through course. interviews that she like she was doing like six, seven hours a day of rehearsal. But it just goes to show. I mean, it, it's hard sometimes if some people can pick up things like that, but sometimes it takes years, you know? Um, so there's only so <laughs> one much of the you can things, do. One, and again, I really don't want to shade anybody in this movie, particularly Julia no, says, because I know she worked hard. But one of the things I did say to Tara when we were watching this movie is like, I'm looking at her and I feel like, I feel like we're counting the steps together. <laughs> That's not good. <laughs> No, it's and very three, that. Four. Like <laughs> my other point was that at towards the beginning of the movie, when she first enters this urban high school, mm. they go to gym class. Gym class is literally a, just a smorgasbord of activity. There are mm-hmm. people in the background of the shot playing basketball. <laughs> someone in the corner playing keep away. We've got the girls on the bench. We got some something's going on in the corner, Badman, and then all of a sudden in the middle, we've got a gymnastics bar just out, which I have oh never seen at a high school. We also have a rope. Somebody's climbing up a rope, just doing rope drills on their own. I don't think I saw a mat underneath them, which, by the way, those mats don't do shit. If you fall, you fall. But she's literally on a fucking balance beam in the middle of gym class doing like a point routine. I'm like, where did this, where did this balance beam come from? What is going on? I don't remember us having access to all this equipment at one time. You gotta like, it, like you gotta bring it out separately, but we didn't have gymnastics and we didn't have any gymnastics <laughs> equipment in my high school. I don't think we did, but I have no idea to be honest because I avoided the gym as much as possible. Because I, I had, mean, me I, too, but I know we oh. didn't have balance beams for people to hurt themselves on. <laughs> what the fuck is a pommel horse? We're just doing it. Let's just do it. <laughs> and like, also, it was like. I was watching her do the fucking balance beam routine, and it was like, she was like, it was like the, her first day of school or something like that, like the first week at least. And her and feet I was were like, wrapped also. Uh, yeah. She had her like feet bound her feet to do the things she didn't want people to know she so did. so hard on that balance beam. And I was like, you need to tone it down because people are going to think you're a bitch. This is high school. And this makes you look like a bitch in high school if you're too good at something on day one. Jane, <laughs> like, she wasn't, she's not like, you want to hurt like an oversized slipknot hoodie and Jinko jeans in the corner <laughs> of the bleachers drawing in a notebook. Like, we need a star. We need a leading lady. Um, I just like, it's like, oh, just socially, I knew it was going to be bad what for What I don't like, I didn't like about it was her doing the thing that theater kids do, where they don't want to do something, but they do it for you and they don't want to talk about it. Like, you can't go out there on the first day of school, hop on the balance beam, start doing your little routine. And then when people are like, whoa, you dance? Be like, no, I, I don't want to talk about it. 
It's oh, a girl. Yeah, were, it's not a big deal. You could have been playing red light, green light with us in the corner, but you decided <laughs> to give us your best, your best what? Uh, Carrie Shrugs. We all saw it, and you wanted us to see it. We were all sitting around eating it's hot like, Cheetos because that's watching. what we ate in high school. My, my stomach will, my stomach will attest to that. The acid reflux is real. I fucking but love like, hot Cheetos. We it's were like eating Funyuns and. and Nadia Komanishi do a little routine. And then as soon as we bring it up, you're like, oh, no, 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 no. Okay, oh, I don't talk about it. It's oh, like, I, okay, I Nadia, then keep it to yourself. That's what I'm saying. It's like you bring attention to yourself in that way on the first day. It's like I would never want to do that being new at a school, you know? It's just crazy. Yeah, yeah it was, um, yeah. I do. Okay, so this entire movie is just like a cringe fest, but I do have one line, and this is my final thing, that I think is possibly the cringiest movie, uh, the cringiest line I've ever heard from any movie at any time. It's when she's walking back, when Derek decides to walk her home after going to Steps for the first time. And she goes, it wasn't the music I had to get used to, Derek. That wasn't the first time I've heard hip hop. <laughs> I'm, I'm down with it. I, I'm down with it. It was just, it was like, when she said that, Tara turned to me and she goes, was, was that meant to be a joke? And I was like, I don't think so. I don't think Derek, so. I've heard hip hop. My dad's a jazz man, so I've heard bebop too. None of this is new for me. I've heard it all. I've listened to all the records. I know who Grandmaster Flash is. I remember the Fly Girls from the beginning of In Living Color. <laughs> Mama always let me stay up and watch. She was a Kim Wayne stan. Um, yeah, so I think we pretty much covered uh, covered most of it. Although I will say really quickly, just touching mm-hmm. on Christopher, who is Chanel's baby, adorable um the horror on her yes. face when she realizes that chanel is the mother of this child when she goes oh to Chanel's apartment and like <laughs> chanel's grandmother's watching the baby and then she's like he isn't he isn't yours is he and then later on when she's when she's like first getting to know derek and they're talking and then she like she's like you don't have any kids do you and this is like girl calm down shut the fuck up <laughs> This is, uh, and, on, and, and that's that's a perfect example of the kind of shit that nobody really holds her feet to the fire on. They just let her say shit that is so wild, and it's like, do you hear yourself? And why isn't anyone like Derek? Like, sort of gives it to her, but not enough. She gets a little to no pushback. This school, yeah. the people at this school celebrate the fuck out of her, and so I, quickly they take I, her under their wing, and nobody well, is suspicious of, my, of her. One of my main points, which I didn't add here because I just was like running out of points to make, was. I do not understand why Chanel like takes her under her wing. I don't get it. I don't get why she rides for her. I don't get why the first thing she does, she sees her with a backpack on the floor and she steals it from her and says, you, you know, you got to be careful around here or you can't leave things on the floor. It's like, okay, cool. But then why do you continue to like take her under your wing and make her part of your life? Like what's, what's the point? There is none. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> And uh, yeah. And with that, <laughs> this that was a lot of fun to watch, though, us, and yes. it brought up some really good conversations. And also, once mm-hmm. again, just reminded us. I mean, we still got a long ways to go, clearly. Yep. But it once again just reminded us how messy shit was, and we were just like, <laughs> "Oh, cool songs." Um, but yeah, so 
yeah. So that's Save the Last Dance. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Man. Well, I mean, I hope I know we both liked it. I it's fun it, to you, watch. You like, know it for what it is, and we look at exactly. it with our, with our you know with our knowledge, and we we break it apart. But I mean, it mm-hmm. still is what it is. It's a part of our childhood. Like mm-hmm. you know, like I yeah. Yeah. And I think the fact of it now is like it's always funny. So like yes. I'm always gonna watch it if it's on because it oh, always yeah, makes no. you laugh. Me too. Despite Me too. despite the irresponsible choices that yeah. are made in the For script, sure. it still remains to be funny. So I agree. Um, okay, well I guess I can't ask the first question because you know, of course we'll yeah. both watch it again. But my next question is do you have a movie for me to watch next week? I do. And actually, this weekend, I got to see Friend of the Pod. We already mentioned her, Alice. And Mm -hmm. I remembered. It's been in the back of my head because there was a movie that Alice had requested that we do on the pod. But it was already on my list of movies because I love this film. No pressure, Jane, for you to love it. But uh, if Alice is listening, then this one goes out to you. Um, We're actually going to do like a... Um, we're still figuring out how we're going to lay it out, but we are going to figure out a way to sort of do like a fan's choice. And we don't know if it's going to be like a bunch of fan, like take a bunch of the ones that you've suggested, put them in a hat, pick movies at random, or if we're going to do like polls and have, you know, our listeners vote on our Instagram website at movies we missed. Um, and also on Facebook at movies we missed as well. Um, but I, we're going to figure out a way to do it where it can be collaborative. So we can yeah, bring you it's into- coming. We, we want you to know that we hear you and we see you and that it is coming and we do appreciate the, the, um, suggestions so we want you to know that we are brainstorming ways to make this uh you know do a fan choice episode for sure absolutely um and so yeah we can consider this it's not all going to just be our friends uh, basically is what i'm saying who gets to give us movies <laughs> to do um but this next one is a movie that i love and we know alice loves because she suggested it um it is from 1987 mm. and it is moonstruck <gasps> Oh my gosh! I've been wanting to see this movie for years, so I and and I knew that I couldn't just watch it on my own since this podcast started. So I'm really excited to do this. Uh, it is it is a delightful movie directed by Norman Jewison, and uh, I uh, yeah, I don't know. What do you know about it? I know Nicolas Cage is in it, and I know <laughs> Mother Cher is in it as well. Mother. Mother, not Megan Trainer. Share. Um, um, yeah, that's it all is, I know, really. Yeah, and I know shit didn't share win an Oscar for it. You better believe it, baby. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actress tried on. <laughs> uh, they had robbed her for Silkwood a couple years earlier, so she said. Like they'd also robbed her for a nomination for the Mask. So never mind. Let me stop. So I have seen the Mask. I've never seen Silkwood, but I know that people talk about Silkwood showers all the time. But I don't know what that means. And by people, you mean me? I use that joke a lot. <laughs> And like, I, and I've I, never known what and, it meant, but I just and I never really it. get a good reaction because I don't think a lot of people have seen the movie. But it's a really funny joke. Anyway, okay, well, okay. well, maybe we'll do Silkwood, and then I'll finally get it. Which someday. is no laughing matter, by the way, as far as films go. Um, yeah. Well, I would have no idea. Well, awesome. I'll just say you're welcome already before you watch it because you got uh, you got a good one coming right Amazing. Well, Bran, um, thank you for chatting through this fantastic movie with me, Save Last Dance. I wouldn't Dance. Be anywhere else. It's been I a pleasure. Be any 
where else jane and mm -hmm. i actually we did the chair scene from the movie and we're gonna be putting that up on uh on instagram <laughs> on instagram um, and you guys actually get to vote who who did it more authentically well who was more who do you feel like i feel like the who did it more authentically but also who really mm -hmm. gives it to the chair you know um, right who who pays attention to the chair in a way that it deserves absolutely. um yeah so look out for that you can find it on our instagram and facebook when it comes out at movies we miss so make sure you follow us there um we love you we appreciate you thank you so much for taking part in our hundredth episode extravaganza part dupe. Dupe. um if you haven't listened to part one, go and grab it. It's live um, on, you know, wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to it all. Listen to every episode. Listen to whatever you want. We love you. We appreciate you. And we will see you next week for the classic Moonstruck. Love you guys. Bye. Bye. That wasn't the first time I've heard hip hop. <laughs>